Luke chapter 12, when you find it, stand with me. There's some meaty verses here uh, that I'm not going to expound on today. Uh, but if you have any questions, please feel free to ask. I'll touch on them briefly. In the meantime, verse 1, chapter 12, uh, when there were gathered together an innumerable multitude of people, insomuch that they trod one upon another, he began to say unto the disciples, first of all, Beware ye of the leaven of the Pharisees, which is hypocrisy. For the Pharisees were just hypocrites. Well, they lived for the outward appearance. That's what. That's what that was all about. And Christian, don't live for your outside. Don't rush your outside. You got things the Lord to work on, uh, needs to work on on you, let him work on it. Let him take his time on some things. Don't rush things in your life. Uh, get to know your Savior. Don't conform to any man. Don't conform to anything. Don't conform to this world especially. You'll get discouraged. We're, we're to conform to the Lord Jesus Christ, amen, in his image. And it takes time. Grow in the Lord. Get to know his grace. Get to know his mercy and so on. Verse 2, for there is nothing covered uh, that shall not be revealed, neither hid that shall not be known. Therefore, whatsoever ye have spoken in darkness shall be heard in the light. And that which ye have spoken in the ear and closet shall be proclaimed upon the housetops. And I send to you, my friend, be not afraid of them uh, that kill the body. Amen. You ought not be afraid of this COVID and all that. Don't be very worried about that. Lord knows. You know, I know I'm not a fool and I'll keep my hands clean just like the flu and all, but you don't have to fear all that stuff. Uh, and vice versa. I don't fear the vaccine. Some people say, well, I don't, you fear COVID, but you fear the vaccine. I don't fear either one. You know, uh, I fear God. I fear God. You ought to have a fear of God, a healthy fear of God. God will take care of you. He's above all of that. Let him, let him be your God in your life. Let him drive. Don't be the backseat driver. Let God drive. Take your hands off. And let him be your God. Step aside. But I will forewarn you whom you shall fear. Fear him. Verse 5, or which after he hath killed, hath power to cast into hell. Yea, I say unto you, fear him. Are not five sparrows sold for two farthings? And not one of them is forgotten before God. Uh, but even the very hairs of your head are all numbered. Fear not, therefore, ye are of more value than many sparrows. Also I say unto you, whosoever shall confess me before men, him shall the Son of Man also confess before the angels of God. But he that denieth me before men shall be denied before the angels of God. And whosoever shall speak a word against the Son of Man, it shall be forgiven him. But unto him that blasphemeth against the Holy Spirit, a Holy Ghost, it shall not be forgiven. Let me say, say this. I have denied Jesus in front of people, uh, like Peter did, and I have blasphemed the Holy Ghost many times in my life. Amen? And God doesn't let us slide. He, he corrects his children. He corrects his children, amen? Uh, and he, he does it quickly. That's what that means. And when they bring you unto the synagogues and unto magistrates and powers, take ye no thought how or what thing ye shall answer or what ye shall say. For the Holy Ghost shall teach you in the same hour what ye ought to say. This is the verse. There's a lot of meat there, right? Yeah. But it's going well. There's a lot of stuff. God, the Lord Jesus Christ, God in the flesh, is, is uh, preaching. This is the next verse I want to look at today. 
And one of the company said unto him, Master, speak to my brother, that he divide the inheritance with me. Where in the world is that coming from? You see that break? The Lord is preaching. Then all of a sudden, this guy says, Lord, can you talk to my brother that he divide the inheritance? You thought I was going one direction, and now I just read this verse. Wow, what's going on in this person's life? What's going on here? Let's open a prayer. Father, thank you, Lord, for your word. Lord, everything about it is so perfect and true. Lord, we can challenge it, and it'll challenge us back. Lord, it holds the test of time. Lord, it's before time began. Father, it, it proves true to everything and has never in one word been a lie or false or an error. Lord, it's perfect from beginning to end, without fault, fail. Lord, thank you for it. Thank you we can stand on it. I pray, Lord, you'll use it right now in our hearts. Let it not return void unto yourself. Do with whatsoever you please with it. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 You may be seated. Uh, here we have the Lord. Uh, Lord, imagine, how, imagine having the Lord Jesus preach. It's amazing. I, I love getting uh, sometimes some guest speakers here. Remember Pastor Young, I spoke to him uh, yesterday, uh, either yesterday or Friday, and uh, he just wanted me to tell the church hello and, and that he's praying for you, and, and uh, he was so happy and thankful to be here uh, for the revival, and he's looking forward to coming again, amen? Uh, but it's great having a, a guest speaker. Imagine having the Lord Jesus Christ. But do you know you have the Holy Spirit of God in you? Yeah, I believe it's Psalm 37 or 39. It says, I'm going I'm to put a, a guard on my mouth and be careful what I say. And the next verse says, I winded up being dumb with silence, not saying a word, examining all the nonsense that spews out of our mouth all the time. Uh, when you challenge yourself to speak good things, uh, to say the right words to people, and not just spew out things, you'll wind up holding your tongue a lot. Uh, even a fool, the Bible says, when he holdeth his tongue is counted wise. It's, James says uh, that... Every animal has been tamed. You see people uh, that had lions from cubs, and those lions are like a dog, a pet dog to them. Big old lion, and they're playing around. There's people with big old grizzly bears as pets and, and so on. Uh, whales at the aquariums and everything. Every animal has been tamed, but the tongue hath no man tamed. For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So oftentimes, we, we don't have to worry uh, and focus on this tongue, but we got to focus on the heart. For what comes out of your heart or your mouth is only a glimpse of the abundance of what's inside. Some people curse and say, oh, I slipped. That wasn't a slip. That was a spillover of what's in your heart. You say some, uh, something nasty to somebody. Oh, I shouldn't have said that. Well, hold on. You got something greater going on inside. Out of the abundance of the heart. That means uh, what's comprised in your heart, the greatness of it, comes out of your mouth. A little glimpse of it here and there. Anger, vileness, perversion, uh, filth. If it's coming out of here, 
That means it's bubbled up over and then out. So how much do you have inside? Thank God we have a God who cares about who we really are. Amen? He doesn't want you to be a hypocrite. Beware of the leaven of the Pharisees, the hypocrisy. In another passage, he says, beware of the leaven of the Pharisees, false doctrine. Amen? What you believe uh, about God and, and who you think God is and, and how you live your life for him uh, according to God's word. Beware of that. Amen? Make sure it's lining up with the scriptures. Uh, but beware of hypocrisy. Don't, listen, we don't need to worry about our outward appearance. For God, The man looketh on the outward appearance, but God looks on the heart. You have here a glimpse of the powerful preaching of the Lord Jesus Christ. And we can break stuff down here and uh, the, the beautiful uh, Holy Spirit of God. You ought to get to know the person inside of you. The moment you got saved, the Holy Spirit of God indwelt you and sealed you. You are sealed with him, by him, and for him till the day of Jesus Christ. And no man shall be able to pluck you out of his hands, the Bible says. No man. You cannot lose the Holy Spirit of God, and he will never lose you. And that's why the Bible says uh, to beware and don't grieve the Holy Spirit of God. Every time you choose to sin, you're grieving the Holy Spirit. Every time you go against him, you're grieving the Holy Spirit. Why are you grieving him? Because he's not going anywhere. He's going to bear with you. Till the very end. Amen? He's going to deal with you to the very end. And he will never leave you uh, or forsake you. Thank God we have somebody willing to stick around uh, with somebody like me and like somebody like you. Amen? You have somebody who's willing to stick by you uh, no matter what. He's, he's going to stick with you to the end no matter what. And he's going to be for you to the end no matter what. We have a mighty, powerful God living inside of us. The Holy Spirit of God. You ought to get to know uh, who that God is. That's your God, your Savior. Get out of your flesh. The Bible says to lay aside every weight and sin which doth easily beset you and to mortify the deeds of our flesh. It means kill them. Uh, don't walk in the flesh, for of the flesh you'll reap corruption, but walk in the Spirit. Because when you sow to the Spirit of God, you'll reap the fruits of life everlasting. Amen. Amen. There's nothing like it. The joy and the peace and the, everything. Uh, people think uh, diving into sin brings them fulfillment and joy. It brings a temporary pleasure. But as soon as they start reaping uh, what they've sown, they start wanting to get out of it. But sin is a grip on your life. It's a big pit in your life. And it's not that easy to get out. But thank God we have a Savior that reaches way down. And for some way, way down to lift us up and is willing uh, to always take us back. As the prodigal son contemplated what he was going to say to his father all the way home. I'll just be a servant. I'll just, uh, Lord, uh, or Father, I'll just sleep in the barn. You don't even have to worry about me and consider me a son. Just consider me some man living in your home. And while he was still thinking about what he was going to say, the father just ran to him, seeing him afar off, and ran and hugged him and took off his robe and put it on him and took off his ring and put it on his finger, uh, signifying, listen, no matter how far you go, uh, the Father is waiting for you. 
Now, no matter how deep you uh, bend to sin, uh, the Father will always take you back. What a loving Father. Here you have this man. And one of the company said unto him, Master, speak to my brother that he divide the inheritance with me. Where did this guy come from? Where did this guy come from? He was part of the multitude. But I want to show you here that this man, this is what he was dealing with in his life. And it wasn't just something that happened to him. This man was dealing uh, with this because it was by choice in his own life that he was willing to deal with it. His brother stole his inheritance. His father left an inheritance. And I'm sure the father uh, would have left nothing if he would have known that uh, his sons would be fighting over the money uh, that he had left for his boys. Uh, but the son took uh, the father's inheritance. He stole it. He, he didn't uh, give him uh, his side. And the brother was consumed over this money. Whether it was a small amount, whether it was a large amount, it didn't matter. It was consuming him. And this man here, under the preaching of the Lord Jesus Christ directly, his mind and his thoughts were consumed. What was he thinking about? Money. How his brother did him wrong. And all the good words of the Lord Jesus Christ went way over his head. Because he believed in his own heart that he was wronged. He believed in his own life that he was robbed. But let me say this. If God is your God, if God is your provider, if God is your protector, won't he see these things? Doesn't he see the sparrows when they fall? Sure. And certainly he sees you when things are done wrong to you. But maybe, possibly, uh, he wasn't wronged at all. Maybe uh, God knew that if he were to get this money, it would have destroyed him. Maybe God knew that if he were to get this money, it would have consumed his life even greater than not having it. Surely not having it shows how much he's consumed by the money. Look at the brothers here. You had two brothers, one that took and the other one uh, didn't get it. Who in this picture here, out of these brothers, were consumed by the money? The one that didn't get anything. People think that the people who have the money are consumed by it. Well, in this story, it's the one who didn't get the money that was consumed by money. What was eating him up? What was uh, consuming his thoughts every day? I can imagine this man dragging his family, taking off from work to try to file lawsuits and take... Uh, filling out paperwork and the stress that it caused on the marriage and the stress that it caused on the kids and everything else. Is the money worth it? It's consuming, and worst of all, it's hurting him spiritually. He can't even sit under the direct preaching of the Lord Jesus Christ without him being consumed by these things. I want to take our attention uh, to the book of Hebrews, chapter 12. Hebrews chapter 12, that's towards the back. Hebrews, you got James, John, 
1 John. Hebrews chapter 12. The Bible says in verse 15, looking diligently, lest any man fail of the grace of God. What's God's grace? How can you fail from God's grace? How do you fail from God's grace? I failed many times. I failed many times. I failed several times of God's grace. When you start seeing the beauty of God's grace in your life, God is not afar off, the Bible says. He is nigh thee, even in thine heart. His hand is always at work in your life. And his grace is sufficient for every trial. The Bible says that Paul received in his flesh a thorn, the messenger of Satan, to buffet him. And he besought the Lord three times to get it removed. Lord, remove this attack from my life. Remove this thing from my life, this trial, whatever that thorn in the flesh was. But God whispered down and said, My son, my grace is sufficient for thee. We want things gone. But if we're looking at the things, we'll always overlook God's grace. Many of us see the trials. Many of us see what we don't have. But Christian, you have God's grace. There was only one that found it. The Bible says in Noah's day, so shall it be when the Son of Man returns. Christian, we are commanded to grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Grace is not just going to go woof, and you're going to be uh, filled and grown in his grace in one minute. His grace is always flowing down to you. But we need to realize that his grace is there. The Bible says the same Grace that brought us salvation teaches us how to live godly in this wicked present world. You cannot move on without God's grace. God's grace is sufficient for thee in thy weakness. For when you're weak, then he is strong. We often deal with trials and problems because we've not got a hold of God's grace in our life. God is always there. You ever uh, want to go uh, fall into sin? And maybe you'll get a call from me or a text out of the blue. That's happened. It's happened. I have a, um, me and my wife, we have a rental, right? And we had this man, I gave this story before. We had this man who, he was a troublesome tenant. And it would grieve me every time I heard his name. To the point where I wanted to pray, Lord, I pray he dies. <laughs> now, you think that's funny, but we can get to those points. Right? Lord, I... I he had some health issues and so on. But I didn't care. I wanted my money. Where's my money? I got bills. I got to pay your water bill. I got to pay. He's not paying. So I got enough 
conjuring up my fleshly manhood to go kick them out and tell them. And as I was touching the doorknob to go see, drive and see him, this is honest truth, my phone rings. Holding the doorknob at my house. My phone rings. Hello? Hey, is this, is this uh, Pastor Phil? Yeah. Um, does so-and-so, is he a tenant of yours? Why, yes, he is. I didn't tell that person I was going or anything, and it was just out of the blue. I heard he's going through some difficult times. The Lord has put him on my heart. If, if you could, would you one day be able to pick up some food and groceries for him and take it to his house. I was praying, Lord, please send fire and burn him up and, and may he get rid of it with pestilence and diseases. That's God's grace right there. You say, well, who was I? I would, listen, we're all wicked, but... It's a picture of God's interceding hand to do what we can't, to put us back on the right path. Listen, God's grace will keep you going. But this is what failing from God's grace means. If I were to say, you know what? They don't know my side of the story. They, and I'm going to contemplate in my own bitterness, in my own anger, in my own greed for what I don't have. Now I'm pushing away God's interceding hand out of my life for the sake of my greedy heart to get what I don't have. That's failing from God's grace. Pushing aside his hand, pushing aside his working in your life to keep you from sin, to keep you on the right path. Our hearts are, the Bible says, are deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? But God trieth the reins. God holds the reins of your heart. He can steer it. He can lead you. He can guide you. The Bible says, lest any root of bitterness springing up trouble you, and thereby many be defiled. Bitterness. What's bitterness? Ooh. When I heard that person's name, a little flare, sometimes a little pilot flame, something happens in the inside. Just springs up. I'm bitter. I'm bittered up. Bitterness doesn't mean in the situation you're wrong. Bitterness only means you're just bitter. And bitterness is wrong. Two wrongs don't make a right. A bad husband doesn't give excuse to be a bad wife and vice versa. A father, a son, vice versa. Pastor, church member, vice versa. Amen? We got to keep on the right path because God's grace is sufficient for all of us. Bitterness, lest a root of bitterness, but look at the end, and thereby many be defiled. This man in, in Luke chapter 12 was bitter against his brother, and it was driving him for the greed of money. You think their brother relationship was gone? Yeah. You think this man had a troubled home? Yeah. You think um, uh, the marriage was hurting? Yeah. You think more stress was upon the family? Yeah. For what? For something they didn't even have. 
That's what bitterness does. He said, well, you don't know what he did. He stole my portion. Well, maybe it was not even your portion to have. Maybe God was keeping it from you. That's why he said, forgive your debtors as Christ forgave you. You don't know what they did to me. You don't remember what you did to God, but he forgave you. I went to that man, gave him that food, said, you have a blessed day. Then I went to God and said, God, I forgive him. I forgive him. About two, three years later, Ran into him. He had moved out two, three years later. He said, Pastor Phil, I, I ran into a settlement, medical settlement. I have all the back rent. It's like two years of rent. All the rent for you. I said, well, I got something to tell you. I forgave you. He said, well, that's, he said, thank you, but I have it all for you. I said, no, I forgave you. He broke down in tears, and he said, I knew, I knew, I knew you were a real Christian. Forgiveness doesn't mean forgiveness is forgotten. As God, for Christ's sake, have forgiven you. Well, maybe they'll give it to me. You didn't forgive them. Maybe they'll say sorry to me. You didn't forgive him. As God, for Christ's sake, have forgiven you. Lord, do you remember my sins of yesterday? He said, as far as the east is from the west, so I have removed your sins from you. And they're forgotten and gone. And guess who the one is that's free? The moment I came to God and said, God, I forgive him, I became free to the point where that's not mine. I'm free. He was the one that was living. I owe, I owe Pastor Phil this. I owe Pastor... No, you don't owe me anything. It's forgiven. We need to remember that we are free in Christ. Amen. Christ has set you free. And therefore, you walk in that freedom. Walk in the same liberty wherewith Christ hath made you free. Don't be again entangled with that yoke of bondage of your flesh and the things of your flesh. Forgive it. There's no money. There's no things on earth that are worth your walk with God, that are worth missing out on the words of Christ. Those words were going right over his head. That are worth hurting your family. There are people uh, that I know that are troubled with things of the past. You don't know what they did to me. You don't know how they destroyed me. The reason you are like you are today is not because of that. It's because your heart is bittered up. And bitterness has nothing to do with who's right or wrong. Bitterness is bitterness, and the bitterness is with you. you got to learn to forgive as God, for Christ's sake, have forgiven you. And be free. Be free in the Lord Jesus Christ and walk in his grace. We need to be careful with our thoughts. During that time, that man must have been consumed uh, by 
that money and the brother uh, stealing. How can he do that? And he missed all the wonderful words of the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, The Bible says, as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. As a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. Uh, Job said, I have made a covenant with mine eyes. Why then should I think upon a maid? Job knew that his thoughts would eventually lead to actions. And some of us, uh, we sit down and we start conjuring up. Spouses will start thinking about how their other spouse does not love them. And eventually, you will see their fleshly side and their unloving side. And you will convince yourself they're unloved for you. That's not true. You conjured it up. You thought it. And as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. We are commanded to think of good things, lovely things. How would you be while you're thinking of those things? Will you be a loving person? Will you be a forgiving person when those thoughts are consuming your mind? Uh, will you be ready and, and, and able to hear from heaven and from the Lord? Speak to your heart. Or are you consumed with bitterness and consumed with things you don't have or things you want in your life? And the words of the precious Lord Jesus Christ are just simply going over your head. You could be here today in church and consumed with an issue as this man was. He said, well, you don't know what I've been through. Oh, but his grace is sufficient for me. His strength is made perfect in your weakness. For when I am weak, then he is strong. We must think on the Lord Jesus Christ and to bring every thought into captivity unto the obedience of the Lord Jesus Christ. We can't uh, sit down and think about all the negative things. We can't uh, sit down and think about all that we don't have and all the trials that we've been through. Will you relive the past over and over and over again? Will you relive all the hurt and the pain and the sorrow? Christ has set you free once and for all. Jesus said, if, if I set you free, you shall be free indeed. Don't desire to live in that anguish and sorrow wherewith Christ had died for you. Those are just results and embers of the flames of sin that are burning all around us. But Christian, live for Christ and get a hold of His grace and His love for you and know that the God inside is all-powerful and able to strengthen and able to bless you abundant and above all that are in Christ. Watch out for bitterness. Don't be bitter. No matter what has been done wrong to you, forgive them as God for Christ's sake have forgiven you. And the things that you forgave will be tenfold in blessings coming right back from your heavenly Father that has forgiven all of your trespasses.
people that have been hurt and live in that hurt will miss out spiritually, will hurt their family. They are withheld from moving forward in life and in every aspect. They will be rendered fruitless because they're consumed with the greed and unforgiveness and bitterness of their own heart. When you contemplate and just think of who people are, there's not one of us. If anyone in here starts thinking of, oh, the Gospel Light Baptist Church, the people there, they don't love me, and you start thinking and dwelling on those things, you come in here, you're going to start believing it. You're going to start seeing me looking at you. Oh, he's preaching against me. How did he know? He must have been on Facebook all night, digging through my files. And you'll start believing. Because as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. Your thoughts interpret your direction. How's your thoughts? Job said, I made a covenant with mine eyes. Meaning Job said, I'm not, I want to keep my eyes for my wife. I want to keep my eyes for God. Then he said, why then am I even going to think upon a maid? It's not even going to come to my mind. Because I know if it starts entering here, eventually it's going to be here. I'm going to start searching. We can avoid a lot of pitfalls in our life by trying to keep it out of here and filling ourselves with this. Amen? Get into the Word of God. Get into good things. We let the world program our minds and interpret our thoughts for us. You got to be careful with the things you let into your house, your home, the music, all the, get it out of your life. Get your mind cleaned up. How's your thoughts today? Are they pure? Gods are pure towards you. God watches you. And his thoughts are pure and good towards you, the Bible says. He sees what you do and what you think, and they're still good towards you. He knows all the times you fall, and the Bible says they're still good towards you. Let's go to uh, Romans chapter 12, and we'll close. Romans chapter 12. Romans chapter 12. Romans 12, and we'll close. We have Luke 12, Hebrews 12, and Romans 12. Romans 12, verse 3. The Bible says, we can start in verse 1, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. That means take on a new mindset for Christ. It's not going to make sense. A walk of faith does not make sense. It does not. Lean not into that own understanding, but in all thy ways acknowledge him. Step aside from your life. Hands off. What do you have to lose? Your stress? What do you have to lose? Your anxiety? What do you have to lose? Your worries? Got nothing to lose, but everything to gain. Step out on a limb. 
We need some men fired up to do some amazing things for God. Walk out by faith. We need our faith to grow in the Lord Jesus Christ. Prove, prove God at his word. God will always prove himself true to you. But we need some Christians to step out and do some things for God. Prove God at his word. And let God show himself mighty and strong in your life. By the renewing of your mind that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. A lot of times we're lost because our minds are cluttered up with other things. How can you decipher the will of God in your life through all the fog of the world? Get rid of it. It's hurting you. Turn the TV off. Turn the news off. Turn, turn the computer off. Turn the phone off. Throw your phone in a bucket of water and pick up the Bible and watch the wonderful works that God will do in you and through you. For I say, through the grace given unto me, the grace given unto me, to every man that is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly, according as God hath dealt to every man the measure of faith. Think soberly. That means the reality of God's hand right now working in you. That you have an all-powerful God living inside of you. And the grace that will be bestowed upon you to see it and to perform His will will always be there. Oftentimes, we'll push it aside. Oftentimes, we'll be fearful and not uh, walk out on the water as Peter did with the Lord. But there will be those moments where we get a hold of his grace and just trust him at his word, and we grow in faith and in the knowledge and grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. And then you have a Christian who will become a soldier for Christ, fighting against the gates of hell with the Lord and doing some mighty works for him. Christian, don't get tied down with the things of this life, the things of this world. Live for God. Grow in his grace. Careful your thoughts. And anything in the past, go to the Lord, forgive it, forget it, whether it's yourself, against others, or against you, and you move on with your sin. We have a great God, don't we? There's no one else like him. And he's willing to stay with you. But are you willing to stay with him? Let's pray. Father in heaven, Lord, thank you, O God, for being such a great, mighty God. Your grace is sufficient, Lord, for everything. There is nothing, Lord, in our lives that you do not see or know. And Lord, oftentimes we hold the wrong things in our heart and mind, and it keeps us from being fruitful in our life. Lord, let it get out of our heart and life, and we can move on with you, our loved ones, as a church, we can move on together. I pray you bless each person here, Lord. Anyone you spoke to, uh, their hearts, I pray, Lord, that you'll amplify that, Lord, throughout the week and do a great work in everybody here every head bowed, every eye closed. I just want to give a time of personal invitation, personal thought. If God spoke to your heart, maybe you've gone through some things. I know many of you have. 
some, there's some people here that have some sad, sad stories, sad things they've been through. But God is working greater to make them a gem for Christ. And your life just becomes a greater testimony from all the things you've been through. There's nothing to be ashamed of, but only to praise God of. And all the praise that you can be a part of when you give your life to Christ fully. Don't hold back. If there's anyone in here that God spoke to your heart, say, Pastor, God spoke to my heart about bitterness, about forgiveness, about uh, keeping the right thoughts, about his grace. Would you raise your hand? I just want to pray for you. I'm not going to call you out. I see hands all over the room. God bless you. God bless you. You know, it's time to put that in action. As the piano plays, let's all stand to our feet. And you come down. Maybe there's somebody you need to forgive. Maybe you're bitter against somebody. When that name comes up in your heart, when that name comes up in your mind, you have a stirring. It brings up contention. It brings up anger. It brings up something. There's the root of bitterness. You say, God, get that out of my heart. It's been hurting me. If it's been hurting you, you know certainly it's been hurting others as well. It'll hurt your spouse. It'll hurt your kids. You say, well, they don't know about it. Oh, they don't have to know. It's destroying who you are and who God wants you to be. Don't hold anything back. Lay it down at the foot of the cross and move on freely. There's not enough time in this life to walk around with the weights and cares. You'll miss out on the beautiful words of Christ in your life, His beautiful blessings, His beautiful grace, and His beautiful love when you're consumed with the greed of your own heart. Forgive it and let it go. And walk on free. God has more blessings for you ahead. He withholds things for, for your own good. The very things that you're fighting for may be the very things he's withheld that will destroy you. Only God knows. Forgive them. Forgive them. Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Forgive them, for they know not what they do. You have somebody greater inside, but the power of Christ upon you, you can forgive even your enemies. You for, can forgive even those that have hurt you and did you wrong. Lord, you're not going to... Uh, you will always take me back You'll always forgive me. I'm going to forgive them.
Father in heaven, Lord, thank you for forgiving us. I pray, Lord, that we'll forgive others. I pray, Lord, that you'll keep bitterness from our hearts. Lord, help us to be fruitful uh, in this foreign land. I pray, oh God, that you would bless our week. Lord, may it be prosperous uh, for the Lord Jesus Christ. Lord, help us to only fear you and you alone. Father, I pray, Lord, that we, uh, we would our love and our Faith will grow, Lord, and help us to grow in your grace, to acknowledge, Lord, that we're not alone, that you're working all day throughout the day, trying to keep us from sin, trying to keep us on the right path, uh, to help us know your will, to help us know you closer and closer each day. Thank you for that grace. I pray that we'll grow in that. Bless everybody here, Lord. I pray for those who are sick. Lord, uh, Lord, I pray for our church. Lord, uh, protect them, uh, raise them up in health. Lord, make this church an example of a life lived for Christ, the riches of Christ and the blessings of Christ. Lord, may you make everybody here a testimony of the Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you, O God, for all you've done and bless us with. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen. amen. Maybe, uh, you may be dismissed. And God bless you. Hope you have a great week. Uh, the offering is going to be in the back. Also, remember, we have Wednesday service. We have our fellowship this Wednesday. Hope to see you out.